is going on? Straight Talk Faithful, your host, your boy, George Rakai, back in studio again today. I'm actually pre-recording this about an hour before I release the episode. Uh, this is uh, episode 129, my one-on-one with uh, Cody Diener. Uh, him and I sat down in late February, um, well before much of the landscape that we know today uh, changed. We talked a lot about his um, career thus far, his, uh, you know, uh, rise up through the impact ranks, his amazing uh, public speaking that he does uh, other than outside of wrestling with all the schools and stuff like that and the outreach programs that he does and his fantastic amount of charity work. I mean, this this is a guy, a wrestler in the business through and through that is grinding on the indies, uh, honors all of his impact wrestling dates and does so much for the human race. And it's something that we all need to focus a lot more on, whether it be, you know, a helping hand here or there, or even everyone in this fantastic wrestling community that we have, both pro wrestling and indie wrestling uh, alike, to support, share, promote each other, help each other grow, help each other's, you know, followings and listenership grow and same thing from the wrestling side of things to the the news broadcasting side of things, the podcasting side of things. There's just such a fantastic community out there. And this gentleman is someone I strive to, uh, to be like one day for all of his fantastic charity work to everything that he does both inside and outside of the ring. Uh, him and I got to speak for just shy of around 20 to 25 minutes. And uh, it was a great conversation. We had been kind of going back and forth trying to link up. And finally we found the time. And it was a very special conversation. Uh, one of my favorite conversations to date. And I know I say that about a lot, but this one really does reign true. Listening back to it uh, right before I recorded this, just getting the episode ready to drop and release today, it was as good as I remembered it being. And um, thank you to Cody Diener for all you do um, and all the, the things that you do, both inside and outside of the ring, entertaining us fans and giving so much back to all those uh, public speaking events that you do and you're a true true talent and a fantastic person and I'm glad to know you uh, I'm glad to cheer for you and I'm glad to call you a friend and a member of the straight talk fa- family which uh, as I always say at the end of every episode so guys enjoy this one uh, it's going to be a rather short episode this week but enjoy it uh, share listen download retweet uh, like it on Instagram share it on Facebook whatever you can do to help your boy, your host, gain some more following. Uh, I'm still honoring uh, True and True, releasing as much content as I have. I've got a lot of episodes pre-recorded in the can that uh, I'll be releasing uh, up. But any wrestlers out there that are listening and like how I do my interviews and like how I conduct my professionalism with the interviews, please hit me up. Let's arrange something. Let's have a conversation. I mean, right now, with all the negativity in the world, a little bit of positivity goes a long, long way. And to sit down and have a conversation just about wrestling with so many talented people, it's, like I always say, it's an honor and a privilege. And I'm happy to do it and share it for you. So without further ado, here is my one-on-one with Cody Diener. And don't forget, as always, follow the socials to find out what next week's episode is. Support your boy on uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. I could use a little bit of love, who's ever out there. Um, and just listen, download, share, and enjoy. As always, I'm your host, your boy, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow the socials to find out what next week's episode is. And now, here it is, my one-on-one with Cody Diener. Enjoy, guys. Peace.
What's going on, Straight Talk Faithful? Your host, your boy, George McKay, back in studio. And man, do I got a good one today. Via Skype, please welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, Cody Diener. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, We finally have been able to get this organized. We've been trying to get uh, this interview for a while now, whether it's at shows or uh, over Skype. And my schedule is just so crazy that we haven't been able to make it work. But we, we got it working tonight, so this is good. Yeah, and you know what? I, I appreciate the time, man. I'm a huge fan of yours. I've seen you a bunch of times at Crossbody, a bunch of times on Impact. I can't even explain how excited I am to have you on the podcast today. Hey, man, it's uh, my pleasure. I love I love doing these, especially uh, with people like yourself. Uh, seen you at shows. You're uh, a true fan. You respect the business. You respect the boys. You respect people's time. So um, I respect you in return. So I'm I'm happy to do this, man. I appreciate it. Cody, one of the first questions I always ask, and we're going to get into a whole as much as we can cover today, but one of my first questions I always ask is, I like to call it the defining moment. It's that moment when you yourself remember falling in love with wrestling. Well, it's kind of a kind of a stereotypical answer. Um, you know, you, you hear some people say like, oh, my first memory is of wrestling, but that's actually true for me. Uh, when, I, when I think about my my life as a young kid, my first real memories that are etched into my brain are of watching wrestling on TV, uh, watching Hulk Hogan. I must have watched the tape of WrestleMania 2. Like, I wore that tape out, man. <laughs> like, and when I was five, I don't know what it, I was obviously, I was just drawn to it. And I knew at that young age that that is something that I wanted to do. Like if I could be like these people that I'm watching uh, on TV in any way, if there's any possibility I could do that, then I, I have to do that. And I, I knew that at, at a young age, at five years old, that would, that would be the defining moment. That's a great moment, man. WrestleMania 2, that's a classic. My, If it comes in terms of WrestleManias for me, my favorite has to be WrestleMania 10, just that Brett and Owen match. That one to me sticks out like it has longevity. I can still watch it now. And even though I've seen it 50,000 times over and I know the outcome, I still hope different every time. But I yeah. always I just I love it. It reminds me of my childhood. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, that's a good one. That's definitely a good one. That's a classic WrestleMania match. I'm a big fan of that match as well. I've gone back and uh, revisited that match a number of times myself. And for me, yeah, when I go back and I watch wrestling, I, I go back to what I grew up on. Like if I'm watching, if I'm going to sit down and uh, go into my Google machine and type something in to watch, I'm typing in like WWF, you know, 1987, uh, 88, 89, you know, Saturday Night's Main Event, the heyday. That is just so nostalgic to me. And I go back and I watch that and it's, I still love it. I think I, I was just saying the other day to someone in the locker room, in my opinion, Saturday night's main events from like 87, 88, 89 are the still to this day, the best produced wrestling shows of all time. Anyone can watch them, whether they're a wrestling fan or not, they can watch it and understand what they're seeing and follow along with the story. It's so, so well done. Yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. And speaking of well done, uh, like I said, I've I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. One of my favorite matches, and it's a match I actually talked to your opponent about when I had him on the show, which was Psycho Mike. Mm. One of my favorite matches of yours is you and Psycho Mike. It was at it was at a crossbody show, and man, 
you guys lit it up. I'm a big fan of comedy wrestling. I think comedy wrestling is very underutilized, but you guys, the back and forth, the chemistry you have, how well you two played off each other, both in your wrestling ability, but also in your, your speaking ability. You guys tore the house down. That match, for me, that night, it stole the entire show. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I think uh, I think Psycho Mike is an extremely talented dude, and he's a very creative guy. So it's very... I always get excited when I, when I know that I'm going to be wrestling Psycho Mike because I know he's going to have some crazy idea. I've been doing this, man, for... This is my 20th year in wrestling, so uh, I've taken lots of bumps and bruises, and my creativity can be lacking sometimes. I often go to a show with a blank slate with really kind of no idea of what to expect or what's going to happen, but when I show up and knowing I'm going to be wrestling Psycho Mike, I know he's going to have 50 ideas, <laughs> and I'm going to have to take maybe just three or four of those and run with them. But uh, once I get sit down with Psycho Mike and kind of pick his brain on his vision of what he wants to happen in a ring, it's it's fun. It gets my juices flowing. So whenever I can get in the ring with someone like like Mike, uh, as creative as him, it's it's what it's all about, man. It's it's so fun. We can just uh, we can create something that people remember and sounds like you remembered it. So we accomplished our goals. A hundred percent. I still look back at that, that, that uh, back and forth you guys had on the mic and then in the ring and it still makes me smile. Uh, and speaking <laughs> of that, like thinking of uh, talking about comedy wrestling and how it's, it's so underutilized in today's business. What are your thoughts on that? Because I mean, not only can you handle yourself in the ring, but your promo skills are second to none. You are probably my favorite promo guy in impact wrestling next to uh, somebody who I also think is a relatively underutilized in terms of promo, which is um, Hakeem Zayn, which was a member of the Desi Hit Squad. I know you guys feuded with a little bit there in the early stages to late part of 2019. What are your thoughts on like the comedy wrestling though in general and how and how it can literally command an audience? Well, for let me just put over Hakeem Zayn first. He's uh, Rohit Raju in Impact Wrestling. He is awesome. Uh, he he's he's a total package man. He's an amazing wrestler. Uh, he's amazing on the mic. I just want to definitely center him out like you did. Um, and that's, I mean, you got some good taste there by picking him out because I think he is super underrated and underutilized and, uh, give that guy a mic. He's going to spit hot fire. That guy is really, really amazing. Um, I don't know. I don't like to, I don't necessarily, I don't usually use the term comedy wrestling. Um, I know what you mean by that. I just, I just call it wrestling. Um, you know, it's wrestling is is wrestling, and there's just different um, there's different ways to approach it, um, and different ways to present it. And I I like to think of a wrestling show as a buffet, and uh, you and a good buffet has all kinds of food, and not everybody's gonna want to go and get the sushi at the sushi bar section of the buffet. But some people really love the sushi and are going to just, just eat that. And some people are not going to like the roast beef. They're just going to go get the turkey instead. So I think on a wrestling show, you want to present, you want to present a buffet. And ideally you just want that buffet to be quality. Uh, you, you don't want to have just have things that are different just for the sake of being different. You want, the things that you have different to be good. And so when, when I hear you say comedy wrestling, I know what you mean. Um, 
I've seen a lot of bad comedy wrestling uh, and people just doing something different just for the sake of being different. Uh, there's definitely a way to do it so that you maintain the quality of of what we're actually doing, which is professional wrestling. And I like to think that I try to do that as best as I can. If, I, if I'm going to be out there and my goal is to make the people laugh, then I think there's a quality way of doing that. And that's the great thing about wrestling, man. Um, I just I like to approach wrestling where I have a goal in mind, and that goal is, is, a, is an emotion. So not every match that I go out there am I going to make the people feel you know, remorse or pain or, you know, like they want me to get revenge. Sometimes the goal is simply to make somebody laugh. And if that's my goal on a show, then that's my goal on the show. And I think we can do it in a quality way. And, you know, people like Psycho Mike and other people where that's often their goal, um, they're really good at doing that. They're really good at doing that. And when I get a chance to do that, then... I take that seriously, and I consider that my role, and that's my my turn uh, at the buffet to to offer up that that sushi. And not everyone's gonna like it, but the people that do like sushi, I want them to like the sushi I'm making. And if that happens to be a match where they're gonna make them laugh, that's what I want to do. A hundred percent, I agree with everything you said, and I, I think you're you're right on your point. I think the the buffet, I love the buffet analogy. I think it's exactly what wrestling is because there's just so much out there nowadays. And every day, every company's trying to break down barriers and move things forward. And one thing I got to say is uh, uh, being a proud Canadian boy like myself, much mm -hmm. like you are, um, mm -hmm. Impact Wrestling. I love the fact that we have, as Canadians, we now have a platform, kind of a promotion to really call our own. And mm -hmm. it's a promotion that where it's, it's, it's let a lot of Canadian talent flourish, as well as a lot of U.S. talent flourish. And it's been just fantastic getting signed to Access. That was huge for 2019. It's going to help grow the brand and kind of let people know that it's changed and evolved and it's better. And speaking of changing and evolving and breaking down barriers, how cool is that, that you guys have the first ever women's heavyweight champion? I mean, that's, that's a barrier being broken down in itself. That was a huge thing for you guys as a company to do, you guys as a locker room to do. I mean, it's it's something special. And having two daughters myself, to to see the look on my daughter's face, my 10-year-old, when she watched Tessa raise that title for the first time, it's a moment as a father, but as a wrestling fan, I'll cherish, cherish for the rest of my life. That's cool, man. I never actually even really thought about it that way. I have, uh, I have four kids myself, and three of them are girls. And... Uh, I don't watch wrestling with them. They're not. They're not into it. the The oldest one, she's eight, and she's not. She hasn't really gotten into it yet. Um, I'm sheltering her from it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's. I've never actually even really thought of it that way. If I was to sit down, and if she was a fan and she was to watch that as a little girl, and her reaction to that, I, I haven't really actually taken a moment to really think about that. And hearing you say that, that that just adds a whole other element of awesomeness to the situation. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool and really shows that Impact is willing to take risk and really and willing to think outside the box and be creative and different and try to set itself apart as an alternative to what's out there already, rather than what I think. Um, the company had made a mistake in the past was they got accused a lot of just being WWE light. And now 
the company, we've decided we're not WWE light, we're impact wrestling and we can offer something different than anybody else is, is offering. And that's something that we're doing right now. And it's a really cool moment in wrestling. And I'm really happy and proud to be with a company that, that is doing that. Absolutely. And speaking of, of, of how fantastic your organization is, but you as well as yourself, you're a person that I look up to with the absolute most respect because of everything you've done in this business and not in just in the business, but outside the business with your giver for charity stuff, which is absolutely fantastic. All the money you've raised for stuff like the Special Olympics, uh, wheelchair bicycle fund, local nursing homes, programs for kids with autism, children burn victims camp, community living program. Like you've just done so much, a summer deaf camp for children. You really have set the bar for what it means to be uh, a human being and give back to humanity. And I want to touch on that for the last little bit of our interview. I want to touch on the professional speaking career that you've done, going to all these schools that you do, uh, speaking about daring to dream big, overcoming adversity, the power of positivity and influence, and how you're changing the landscape, especially in our youth today. And that's a kudos to you, man, because it's not easy to reach children, but you're reaching them. You're making them stand up, listen, and and, and recognize that they are the future and they got to change things. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. The uh, the charity stuff um, is, I mean, hearing you even list them all off is kind of kind of cool. I, I, I don't really even think <laughs> I about... I do my research. I do do my <laughs> yeah, research. Yeah, man, I don't even really even think about all the all the stuff that I've done. Um, I just, I'm just doing it. I'm just kind of in the middle of it, but to have someone kind of list it off to me verbally, um, makes me realize, Oh, I have, I have worked with a lot of different amazing charities across the country. And that's, that's awesome. And each one means something special to me. I've decided to, when I raise money, I don't just, I don't just throw money at a cause just because it's the, the latest thing or seems like a, you know, a nice thing to do or whatever. It's, it's because the charity actually has a connection to me. It's usually connected to a young wrestling fan that I've met um, or someone that I've come across in my travels um, while wrestling that um, has kind of touched my heart and made me made me want to reach out to that charity and start working with them. So um, every single one that you listed is is based on someone I've met in my travels as a, as a wrestler. So um, that's pretty neat. I'm going to keep doing that, keep doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of what I've been able to do with other wrestling fans in in Canada for different Canadian charities it's it also kind of shows people something that I like too and that is that wrestling fans are the best wrestling fans in the world um you know there's a lot of diehard sports fans out there whether they're hockey fans that we got here in Canada for the Leafs or or you know uh whatever sports you're talking about sports fans can be pretty diehard but in my opinion wrestling fans are the most caring and passionate fans in the world and I've been able to show people that through the giver for charity because it's the only way I'm able to raise money for these charities. It's all from, from wrestling fans and their generosity. So that's a kind of a cool bonus from my charity stuff. I get to show the world just how awesome wrestling fans are. Um, with the speaking, it's something that, that fell on my lap uh, a number of years ago. I, I, I got asked to do one at a school, which led to me getting asked to do another one and then asked to do another one. And I realized, man, I might have a, second career here and I started to hustle I started to use the same mentality that I, I've used in my wrestling career to kind of hustle and and move forward and get myself out there and all those skills that I learned as an independent wrestler has worked for me as a professional speaker I'm traveling all across Canada right now hopefully we'll be getting into the U.S. market this year 
But even if that doesn't happen, uh, there's plenty of work for me here in Canada. In the next three, four months, I will be in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Newfoundland, all speaking, literally from coast to coast. And it is amazing. It's, I take it very seriously, you know, what you're saying about the fact that I'm, you know, have this opportunity to be in front of these kids and influence them in a positive way. I really do take that serious, that, that position that I'm in to be able to stand in front of them and just tell them stories. I don't talk at these kids. Like, you know, I don't tell them, Hey, you're the future and you know, the world sucks. So you gotta, you're the future. So you gotta really start doing this and doing that. That's not my style. I don't tell the kids they have to do anything. All I do is I share my story and the lessons that I've learned in my life And hopefully the kids can see themselves through me and through my experiences and learn something from me. And uh, it inspires them to, to make, maybe make some changes if they're making some wrong decisions and kind of start, start living in a more positive way and being a positive influence themselves. And I, I, I'm in a privileged position. I've had so many parents, um, you know, personally email me after I've spoken at a school and, and tell me how their kid never comes home and talks about school, but they came home and they talked for the rest of the night at dinner table about Cody Diener visiting their school and all the, all the lessons that they learned. And they, you know, they email me and thanking me for, you know, helping their kid. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to describe to people that feeling and, um, and kind of the, I don't know, the honor and privilege that that is and really even how humbling that is to have people reach out to me to thank me about that. So it's not something I expected for myself when I, you know, I was five years old and just wanted to be like Hulk Hogan. I did never envision myself traveling across the country you know, speaking in front of thousands and thousands of young people, but it is such an amazing opportunity and I so love it. And it's something I can do when my body decides, Hey, no more body slams, no more power bombs. You're done. Um, it's something I can still do because I don't need to be taking bumps while I'm doing it. So it's, I'm really happy that I found it and it found me and I'm going to keep doing it. Absolutely. And you're fantastic at it. And um, I just want to take this time out now before I ask my final question, before we wrap this up, because I want you to relax, enjoy the rest of your evening. But I just want to take this time out to thank you again. Uh, This interview is going to be missed with a profile I'm going to do on you. Uh, It's going to drop in a few weeks and I can't wait for you to share it and hear it. And if you're not following me on socials, please do, because I'm already following you because I'm a huge fan, like I said. But um, you are officially now a member of the Straight Talk Wrestling family. Anytime you want to come back on the show, I would absolutely love to have you. Love to have you. And um, my final question, if there's a young fan, a boy or girl that approaches you at an event you're at or at a a show you're at and you're at the merch table there and they come to you and they say, you know what, I'm thinking about getting into the wrestling business. I just love it so much and and I want to do it. If you could depart any wisdom from your awesome 20-year career, what would you say to that young fan? I get asked this all the time. I I have young guys and girls that were, you know, the same when I was 15, 16 years old and starting to really think about, okay, maybe then it's next step, maybe starting to look at wrestling schools and how do I get into this and, and what are the next steps? I offer very simple advice um, to start, and that is go to the gym, work out, get your body ready for this because it's the f- physically and mentally the hardest thing you can do. 
I, I was an athlete when I was in school. I played football, played basketball, did two days playing football, was a quarterback, got beat up. I was very small when I was uh, in high school, got the crap kicked out of me in football. Professional wrestling school was the single hardest thing I ever physically have done in my life. It is not easy. People really have a rude awakening when they take that first bump in the ring. It is not a bouncy trampoline. It's not a bed mattress. That thing is just wood and steel beams. And it is a rude awakening when you get in that ring and you take a bump for the first time. And then you got to run the ropes. And then you got to get up and you got to take another bump and you got to run the ropes more. If you are not physically in shape to do this, um, then whatever dream or hopes and aspirations you have are are done. They're done before they're done and dead before you even get started. You have to be in shape to be able to do this. It's physically the hardest thing there is. So I have so much wisdom that I like to, I do impart on people. I do seminars a lot before wrestling shows. I have young guys come and ask me for advice and I, I love sharing advice and wisdom that I've just picked up from people that are bigger and smarter than me and have done more than me just passing that knowledge on. But that is just going to go over the heads of a young person. So my simple advice is to start. If they're thinking about getting in, I go, you got to play a sport or you got to hit the gym. You got to get your body in shape and get prepared and ready for the most physically difficult thing that you ever do in your life. That's an absolutely fantastic uh, answer to the question. And it's a great way to end this interview. Cody, again, it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to speak with you today, sir. And I appreciate the time you gave me. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. Uh, you, you plugged your socials, so let me plug mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Please, go ahead. Yeah, so I got uh, I got Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all at Cody Diener on, on all of those. And then if people uh, want to reach out to book me, whether it's wrestling promoters um, or the on me for a wrestling show or a seminar, or if someone's listening to this and hearing, oh, man, I, that'd be cool to have Cody Diener come to my school or or maybe i should get a hold of a principal or something about that they can pass the information along to their principal it's codydiener.com and uh book cody at codydiener.com is my email for bookings for promoters or schools or anyone who might have an event i'm doing actually some uh some different different conferences and things that i, that I do for both young uh people and old so I'm available for anything and everything, both speaking and wrestling, and that's how you can get a hold of me through my website and all my socials around there as well. Well, let me take the time to tell everybody who's listening to this right now, book this man because he's an absolute pleasure. You, sir, <laughs> are a superstar, and I don't want anybody else. I don't care what anybody, other, anybody else's opinion is because I'm a huge fan, and to get to talk to you today, again, it was an absolute honor. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, Cody, you enjoy the rest of your night, and I can't wait to see you at another Crossbody show or future Impact taping. Right on, man. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.